Hey there, welcome to this month's episode of our bonus cast. We are Phil and Meredith, and we believe that the life of a believer should be a life of resilient faith. So every month we take just a few minutes to have a conversation around topics that we hope will strengthen and encourage your faith. This month we are talking about loneliness. That's right. We're going to have a conversation about something that we've been speaking about for a little while now anyway. Really these these bonus casts are just a summary of everything that Meredith and I have been speaking about for the <laughs> yeah. last month anyway. It's an opportunity for us to share about some of the conversations we've been having at home, in the morning, in the evenings, in the office, all of those kinds of things, and to kind of bring you into uh, life and conversations and thoughts deeper than what we might be able to share on a Sunday morning. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the reasons that we wanted to talk about this today is that a few weekends ago, you shared a message kind of around um, relationships and community. We're talking about this series going, hey, basically, what do we do with our time here on earth, right? Who are we? What do we do? What does it mean to be, in some ways, what does it mean to be human? And as part of that, we were talking about the value of relationships and community. And as you prepared for that message, you started researching, you know, the importance of relationships in our life and really leaned into starting to uh, research what it means to be lonely in life as well. And I know just personally, you were so impacted by the research and kind of the information out there on that. Did you pick up on that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I picked up on it because you kept, I mean, every day I would come home and you'd be like, do you know what else I was reading about loneliness? Um, and just all of the different ways that it impacts us. Yeah. And and I think I originally went into that preparation time for that message to do research about relationship and how God has called us into community and, and to understand the value of community, all of those kinds of things. What I started realizing in the research, and I believe in in hearing from God, is that for some people, we can't have a conversation about relationship because it's like you can't see the forest through the trees. Like you you can't talk about relationship because Mm -hmm. I'm so lonely at my core. I don't even have a frame of reference for what community looks like Wow! because I'm so alone myself. I'm so um, depressed, anxious, fearful of people, whatever it is. Um, that we we can't have that second conversation because we need to have this one first. Yeah, and that's so I mean powerful, right? It, it reminds me of like when you talk about different different work that we've done in the community and things like that, where you go, you have to. How are you going to talk to somebody about the goodness of God when their stomach is hungry? Right, right. You right. can't. You, I can't hear you. I can't hear the message that you have because all I can think about is this immediate need that I have, and in some ways, that's what it's almost like the hunger of the soul, right? That. I can't hear what you're talking about, about getting into healthy relationships. I can't hear what you're talking about, about building communities and tables for people because I feel so lonely and empty in my soul. And I know as you were looking into that, I mean, there was so much information about the increase in that feeling of loneliness and feeling in isolation. Um, Even that kind of already was there in 2019 and then has just increased in 2020, 2021, as we've seen so many things shifting around the country um, and, and just how that impacts different individuals as well. Yeah, and I think that we know that things left to themselves, really they bend towards chaos, whether it's mm-hmm. a garden that, you know, if we're headed towards springtime, everybody knows that if you just leave a garden alone, then it's going to turn into a jungle by itself, right? Yeah. If you leave a relationship alone, often it will just 
dissipate. It will just disappear because it takes intentionality in a relationship. It takes me connecting with you and you connecting with me. Nobody likes being in one-way relationships where you're the only person investing in that relationship. And if neither person is investing in it, then of course it's just going to cease to exist. Yeah. And so what we've seen over the last couple of years, like you said, is with the inclusion now of so much study from home and so much work from home and isolation and quarantine and and all of these kinds of things, the effects on humanity and society are far greater than we ever thought that they were going to be. So now people feel more isolated than ever before. People can feel in a room full of people more isolated than they've ever felt before. And obviously we know that that's not what God has intended for us, that God has wanted us to be in healthy community. And so that's why it's important to talk about because the impact is not just on our mental health, it's also on our physical health as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so good because that's what I was just thinking as you were talking about that is that, I mean, we know all of the information of how people's loneliness leads them to places of um, of unhealth, of dis- that's not a word, but you know, whatever. A we're going to use it, we're using it today. Unhealth <laughs> or dis-health, which one are you going with? I don't know. Okay. Um, but you know how it leads us to unhealthy places in our mind and in our soul. But the truth is that then that has even implications on our physical bodies of when we're feeling, um, feeling loneliness that we then get into places where we don't recover from sickness as quickly, where we're more likely to, to get sick, where there's all kinds of atrophy, you know, physically to who we are. And I think we only think of it in kind of the emotional capacity of the way that loneliness impacts us and affects us as well. Yeah, and there was really two big takeaways from the the study and research that I did over a few weeks into loneliness. And it really came down into two areas. One is the prevalence of loneliness. Yeah. When I've ever felt lonely in my life, the enemy tells me that I'm the only one that's feeling this way. Yeah, so which true. Is that, so the lie of the enemy is that I'm alone in my loneliness. Wow. And what we know through studies and, and data on people and, and looking at all of that is that most people struggle with loneliness, mm. either all the time or at least some of the time in different yeah. seasons. And so if you're struggling with loneliness, you are not alone in that loneliness. That's the first thing to remember is that a majority of people struggle with it. Over 60% of people in different demographics struggle with loneliness. And the second thing is the enormous Sorry, before we move on from that, I just, I think that's a massive like reframe for somebody, right? That in my loneliness, I'm not alone. For and, sure. and how that just that um, that click over in your mind could help you immediately feel more connected to the people that are around you, whether that's at your work or in your apartment building or to all of a sudden go, you know what? Some of these people also feel lonely. I am connected to other human beings in that sense. Right. No, absolutely. And, and I think that often we we think about um, how we, we look at a whole bunch of other people and we think, well, they're all having fun together. They're all yeah. friends together. They're all family. They're all hanging out together. And of course, with social media and everybody posting the highlights of their life mm, and everybody totally. thinks everybody else is having fun except me. Mm-hmm. I'm now alone. I'm now lonely. I'm struggling with my own identity, confidence, value, all of those kinds of things. So the belief then becomes I'm alone in this. Yeah. The reality is most people feel alone. Yeah. Most people struggle with all of the same things that you struggle with. But again, the lie of the enemy is you're the only one that's feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so massive. So I think like right where we where we're trying to get to or where we kind of were in our messaging this weekend, right, is not just uh, all of this terrible data and information about how lonely we all are, right. but but that that is a, a space that if we don't give attention to that, um, we will tilt towards or that the enemy will try and pull us into because God created us to be 
together. God created us to be in relationship, right? The first time we see God say that's not good in scripture is when he goes, oh, Adam's by himself and that's not good, which is weird because Adam wasn't by himself in in the sense of there were animals all around him. He wasn't by himself in the sense of he communed with God, right? And so sometimes I think, you know, we believe this hyper-religious commentary that like, well, if I have Jesus or if I have God, then, you know, that I'm okay. But, but right there at the beginning, God says, it's not good that Adam only has me, only has the animals. He needs someone to be, to be equal with him, to be next to him, to be in relationship with him. And so that longing in our soul, in some ways, loneliness is right. It's the pain that signals to us that there is a longing for something in me that I'm currently not having satisfied. For sure. And I think that at its core, sin brings separation. And Mm -hmm. so when sin entered into the world, there was separation between humans and God. And since then, we've seen that really when sin exists, it causes a separation. When I am sinning, I don't want to be around other people, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's my lust, whether it's my greed, whether it's my whatever it is that I'm struggling with, sin often causes a separation between God and me and a separation between me and other people. And so I'm wanting that separation. I'm driven into that. And often then we see this downward spiral of if I'm by myself, I'm more likely to sin. And when I'm by myself, I'm more likely to sin causes me into more sin. And then I want to be by myself because I've sinned. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, we see people wanting to binge all the time on the latest show or, you know, uh, an entire series comes out. Now I watch the entire show by myself. I feel like I'm in community because I'm bonding with these characters on TV. But in reality, I'm just lonely and I'm trying to. Uh, escape my loneliness by connecting with characters that are fictitious at their yeah, core. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I think that is a, a probably an important distinction. I know one of the things that we've talked about over the years is how easily you can feel lonely even when you're around people. Mm-hmm. And maybe even then the reverse of that, of how it is important to learn to be by yourself without feeling lonely, which I think some of that comes right from that framing of going, no, no, I am connected to people. I do have people in my world, but it's also healthy for me to know how to be by myself, to be in solitude sometimes and know that I am complete, I am whole, while then also going, okay, great. And then now that I have that, I bring that into a relationship. I bring that into, you know, into healthy community with other people. Yeah, and I don't know if this would be something that extroverts struggle with more than introverts. Probably. You would probably know. Um, but, but I know for myself, a large part of my maturing as an adult has been learning how to be alone. Whether yeah. it is how I relate to other people, how I understand my I- identity, um, how I cast off temptation, all of those different things. What I've had to really deal with at my core is am I okay when I'm by myself? Mm. Or if I'm by myself, am I trying to get into other relationships? If I'm by myself, am I trying to escape from that by jumping into too much TV or jumping into you know, things that don't need to happen? All, all of these kinds of things. Am I okay when I'm by myself or am I trying to escape that? Yeah. I think, a, um, I think that's really important. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I guess I couldn't say Uh, But I think all people struggle with that to some degree, right? Whether you're extroverted or introverted of this feeling of just wanting to fill some of that space and not being okay to be by ourselves entirely. 
Um, I wonder about um, just the way we engage with each other, what we bring to a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I hear so often is, um, you know, we, we go, man, I feel really lonely today. I feel like I don't have any relationships. And then the follow-up of, oh, well, who have you reached out to? Who have you connected to? Um, and it's, it's like, well, well, no one actually, you know, and we go, okay, it's in some sense, I think it's part of the maturing that like when you're a kid, your relationships are kind of built into your life. Whoever, you know, I think about our son, right? He has two little buddies at school that he talks about like every single week. Well, they're also the two other like kids that were sat at his table. They have a table of like Mm -hmm. five of them and the two, three of them seem to have like really clicked. I'm like, well, they just like served up some friends for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you become an adult and you don't have that as much. And it takes a little bit more active engagement from us. Intentionality. Right. And so I I think. I have to initiate that. Other people are less likely to do that in my adult years. A hundred percent. And I remember reading um, some of Dave Maxwell's, some of John Maxwell's um, work several years ago. And, um, and one of the things that he said in it is that uh, leaders are initiators. Mm-hmm. Leaders are the ones who initiate in relationships. Leaders are the ones who initiate in conversations. And I guess that's, I mean, maybe some, something I would say to someone today who is feeling that feeling of loneliness is, have you initiated? And I would encourage you don't stop initiating, right? Some people maybe aren't going to respond, aren't going to respond well, aren't going to be great at getting back, but keep initiating until you find that right click, that right fit of someone who's going to show up and be a healthy support relationship in your life. Yeah. And I I think that's such a great point and so important, regardless of whether you are single or married. Yeah, that's great. Keep initiating. You know, often when we're single, we... um, we often look at other people that might be as couples or other people that might be in group settings and we think, well, I can't initiate into their relationship or I can't invite them out to do anything. Or if we get married, then we end up, uh, like I said in my message, we end up just getting boring because we spend all of our time with our spouse or all yeah. of our time with our kids. And those those things are good to obviously bond with your family, but making sure that our lives don't become smaller and smaller and smaller and more yeah. insulated because now we've spent less time with people um, uh, that are in the community and that we could be in relationship with. Yeah. What do you think are some, uh, like, I don't know, healthy traits or good traits that someone brings into a relationship to help create uh, lasting kind of mutual relationships together? So I love people that ask questions. Mm. And, and some people are just good at it. Some yeah. people have learned how to be good at it. But people that ask questions when you get to know them, um, they often, because they're expressing interest in you, people, at the end of the day, people love talking about themselves, right? Totally. And so if I'm meeting with you and you're asking questions about me, all of my biological things of, oh, I get to talk about myself right now, which yeah. is my favorite topic to talk about, myself, right? If, if, if I get to do that because you're expressing interest in me and you're asking me questions and not just asking a question, you're asking follow-up questions, which tells me that you were yeah. listening to my answer. I often find that, that the relationships that I am deepest with, uh, the, those people ask great questions. Yeah. Open questions. Questions That's where so they're so interested in me at my core. Yeah, I think you're so good at that. Um, like just naturally. It's one of the things I'm always amazed at when we meet new people or even when we're in conversations with people we've known for a while. You're really good at uh, thinking of questions. I think you're just a very curious person naturally and you have a really quick mind it's something I've really had to work at Mm. 
And uh, this is embarrassing, but, you know, hopefully it'll be helpful for somebody. I mean, I often have to, like, prepare questions before we go into a, a conversation or where we're going to be check connected. check my list right now. Yeah, totally. I totally do. And, you know, I think that's funny and it's, in, uh, you know, a little bit embarrassing for me or whatever. But I think what it also says is it's something I recognized several years ago is a quality. That's a good quality in a friend or in a person, you know, who you would want to be in relationship with that didn't come naturally to me. And instead of going like, oh, that's just not who I am, you know, whatever, how we like to blow things off on that. I said, OK, what what am I going to do to be better at this? Because I get in those conversations and in the conversation, it's almost like information overload. I, I can't think of the questions. So I have to kind of prep some beforehand so that I can come into it with it. So anyway, I guess that's just our, our weird little thing. That's good. <laughs> but I mean, it's a good thing to identify. And then it's a good thing to know that you can get better at. And I'm sure that you've gotten better over time at it, that sure uh, that you, you've you identified it. And then because you've been preparing those questions, some of them just come to you and you, you recognize the value yeah, sure. in doing that. So Yeah, it's like anything, you build the muscle. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, there's we know that there's the scripture that God says that it's not good for us to be alone, found yeah. in Genesis 2. Um, there's another scripture that that I often think about. Uh, it's found right at the end of Acts. We often preach mm-hmm. on the beginning of Acts, yeah. right? The you know the explosion of the Holy Spirit as he's totally. coming to the earth, all of that, right? But Acts, it's, as an entire book, is so full of great, great stories of what the early church was practicing and going through and wrestling with and all of those kinds of things. It's so exciting. And Acts finishes, Acts 28 finishes with this really interesting passage of Scripture. It's right before, obviously, Paul is on his way to Rome as he's appealed to Caesar and wants to make his case. And and so he's headed there and he's just being shipwrecked and he finally makes it to Rome. And then it says this, it's the last few verses in Acts 28. It says, for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And when I think about scriptures that I want to be true for myself, I want to be that kind of person that welcomes people into my home regularly, regardless of whether I'm single or married. And I want to be someone who preaches the message of Jesus Christ boldly and without hindrance. I want that to be true for my life. And I love that it's expressed so clearly that that Paul did that and speaks to the value, whether you are single or married, that community can have in your life that you can be in regular practice of hospitality. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I love the openness that it communicates about who Paul was. And I think an openness of person is what we hear in that. And so often we become closed off in our ideas and our thoughts in what we think a relationship needs to look like. And, you know, I, I know we're, we're actually not speaking necessarily to like dating relationships and marriage relationships, certainly not only today. But I would say if you are someone who's in a dating season, not to be closed off to, you know, exactly what you think something is going to look like. I see us disqualify things before we even get a chance to to find out about it so often. Um, and that I think God often sends things in people into our lives in packages that are different than what we thought. I mean, that's the story of Peter and Paul, right? Mm -hmm. That, that God sent someone in a different package than they expected, um, into their life. And I think that that openness of person allows us to have really meaningful relationships. Absolutely. 
So let's then finish this conversation by talking about some practical things that you have started doing over time to help with your loneliness, some things that I've learned over time to help me with loneliness. One of the first things that I would share is to make sure that it's being given to God and not to given mm. to other people. That's so great. I find that you know, earlier in life when I was in, in high school and college years, if I started feeling lonely, I would surround myself with people. And in that, I'm not learning about myself. All I'm doing is learning uh, coping mechanisms with that, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I've learned since then about giving it to God, about journaling, about spending my time in prayer with Him, about uh, getting alone with God in solitude and making sure that I'm not just running to other people, but first and foremost, if loneliness becomes something that is present in my life, I'm not just running to other people, I'm giving it to God. What would yeah. you say? I would say a part of what I shared earlier that I have learned to become an initiator in relationships um, and not wait. I, I am more introverted in a lot of ways. And so in a lot of ways, in basically every way, I'm every, super introverted. Every way. <laughs> and um, like I was trying to like downplay it a little bit. I'm kind of introverted. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but part of that then means that I can uh, like very easily, happily kind of stay at home by myself or not, you know, think about kind of activities and things to go out and do, but then would find myself feeling very low in relationship connection. Um, so I've learned to um, grow in being someone who initiates some of those activities and engagements and reaches out. And I, I would probably say maybe the asterisk on that is I've also learned to invest in reciprocal relationships. Mm. Um, I think sometimes I had, you know, when I was younger, set up relationships that I wanted to happen, but I found that there was kind of an, an imbalance in what was being poured into the relationship. And then that would become my focus. And I would focus on what was lacking in that relationship instead of focusing on other relationships that I had that were growing and that were healthy. Um, and so I've learned to, in my initiating, focus on where there's kind of an equal desire to see that relationship grow and where I'm seeing um, an equal amount of kind of investment um, and pouring into the relationship. Good. Yeah, I'd say one more thing for me, which is to get involved in something and in some time, type of community organization, your church, yeah, that's huge. Uh, a nonprofit somewhere, some, some organization that's working in an area that you're passionate about. And then as you do that, you start to meet like-minded people. It's you meet so people that you're, you've got similar interest in, whether it's people that are um, passionate about uh, you know, traveling or, or um, you know, whatever, right? Boy yeah. Scouts or whatever it may be. Yeah. You meet people because you decided to get involved in something. Yeah. You're less likely to build quality relationships if you sit at home watching TV every night. Yeah, I think about how many relationships we have in our world because of some of the community organizations. You know, I've, I've been on a board for like six years now. Yeah. And we have several relationships in our life that are because of meeting people through that and, and different places that you've volunteered or served in our community where, yeah, where you start to meet people and you go, oh, we're we're all here to make our city better or we all care about this specific op um, opportunity or, you know, issue in our community. And then because of that, you know, you already have a level of connection and you can build on that. Yeah. I, I remember that. hearing this line years ago, and, and I, I know that it's not true for everybody, but I, I find it to be true for me, which is just that strangers are just friends that you haven't met yet. <laughs> Right, which I know that Meredith or <laughs> so you know, right, which introverts are going to hear or, or Meredith's going to hear or whatever and think like, well, that that's ridiculous or that doesn't yeah, make any yeah. sense or, or like obviously you don't want that to be true for your kids and we have to know about you know stranger danger all that kind of stuff, right? But for me, 
I honestly see strangers as, oh, there's a potential friend that I just don't know yet. Yeah. There's opportunity for relationship there that I can yeah, connect fully. and bond with. And I, I love seeing that. I love seeing men and women as, as potential brothers and sisters that I'm not yet in relationship with. And, and I, I, I love viewing people with that outlook and perspective as how can I sow into your life and what do you have that can help me in my journey and how can we share um, of ourselves as we continue moving towards Christ. Yeah, I love that. Hey, look, we hope today's conversation has been helpful to you. We hope that it will help you ward off the loneliness and build really meaningful relationships. My immediate action for you today would be to pick up your phone, call somebody, text somebody, set up a time to catch up with a friend or to reach out to somebody that you've been wanting to connect with. Uh, loneliness happens in the space that we don't intentionally work against it and say, I'm going to be a person who initiates relationships. We hope this has been a great conversation for you. If you liked it, let us know about it, share it with a friend, and you're always free to send us topics that you'd love to hear about until our next bonus cast. <laughs>